I'm Chad Green from Frozen Soul, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of Interview Under Fire. This is your host, Sonny, along with our very own local Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas artist, Chad Green of Frozen Soul. Quite the honor. Thank you so much for joining our podcast today, Chad. You know, this is an important yet exciting time of the year for you and the rest of the outfit over at Frozen Soul with the release of your debut-length studio album, Cryptovice, which drops tomorrow. You know, it's just amazing. It feels really great to say that. January 8th, 2021. Also crazy to say that number. Um, out on Century Media Records. You know, first off, Chad, congratulations on all of the well-deserved recognition it's been getting so far, especially with the single that dropped, Wraith of Death. Shout out to Brooklyn Vegan, Invisible Orange, Decibel Magazine, which I think today they just said that was the album of the week, if not album of the year. You know, so much to <laughs> unravel about all this. But Chad, before we get to all that, I know we talked about our pre-interview. I'm going to ask a very important question to start things off. Considering where we are at our lives at this point, how are you, man? I know you're a local here like me in Dallas. You know, how's life in Dallas for you? Uh, well, first of all, man, it's nice to meet you. And thanks for having me, dude. Uh, I love doing this kind of stuff. I uh, I mean, I've, I've had quite a bit like of, you know, uh, press and stuff like it's been a whole new world for me but dude this is honestly fun like I love talking with people and I mean I do I do this and we do this as a band because we like love it and it's our passion and stuff but I think I'm doing pretty good man like I uh you know uh quarantine started off pretty rough um for both I, of us uh, same I, time I think <laughs> I, for everybody really yeah. man like and I, I I took some mental blows pretty hard and you know, I, uh, I decided that, you know, I needed to like get myself in shape and I needed to like start, you know, focusing on my health and, you know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, I've just been, you know, I've been trying to get, make the best of everything and staying busy with the band, you know, for the most of it, like, you know, maintaining practice, maintaining, you know, um, writing and, you know, just, figuring the future out it's it's you know it's crazy we live in a crazy dystopian science fiction movie right now <laughs> man if there are ways to describe the situation we're in right now you know making the best of a situation is easier said than done but you guys are doing it and we need music from frozen soul and i'm i'm so stoked that the album drops tomorrow again like i said it was on repeat for me in my studio for as long as i've had it so far it's an it's an amazing album you know but i want to ask a about you chad you know being away from the stage a lot as of late we talked about the last time you guys played a show here you know how are you keeping up your vocals these days is that affecting your musicianship has anything changed for your routine wise lately if at all um i mean we still practice weekly uh i mean at first we took a break obviously because like we you know everything wasn't safe and we and you know we didn't really know much about the situation uh, but since then, like we've, we see each other weekly. Um, we still practice. Um, we, you know, we're still staying on top of things. I mean, like it, it just kind of got to a point where we, we, we weren't really seeing anyone outside of just us. Like we were staying home and then seeing each other at practice and then staying home, not going out, not doing anything. Since then I've started to work again, you know, my, uh, you know, bars, I work in deep Ellum. So, yeah. Um, I, uh, I, my bar opened back up as a restaurant and, you know, I, I gotta pay bills. So, you know, I'm working out there and, you know, I, you know, it's, it's my vocals could be better, you know, um, uh, 
it, it's, it definitely, I won't say that's not like, hasn't been on my mind um, a lot, you know, going, you know, when tours open back up, you know, obviously like, you know, we've already missed like, you know, three or so like 30 plus day tours. So, um, you know, we, we were supposed to be on tour for them the entire, you know, entirety of our records campaign. Um, and you know, I, I was already worried, like, man, is my voice going to hold up? Like (laughs) I've never played that many shows in a row before. Um, you know, but you know, I've been practicing and getting like my vocal, like, you know, process, you know, on lock and trying to understand how to utilize my, uh, my body better so that I don't have to strain things and stuff like that. So I think if anything, like, even though I do have that constant worry in my mind, Um, I think my vocals have actually gotten stronger because it's allowed me to have that time to, to learn how to do it, do what works best for me, you know, um, in my body. So, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens though. You're talking about your vocals being better than what I already heard on the album. Are you serious? Oh my God. I just mean like how I do them. Like not, I think they sound the same. Uh, They sound amazing. I'm just not going to blow them out like as fast. Cause man, in January when we were on tour, dude, I was sick. Uh, I got sick in November and, uh, it was the sickest I've ever been in my life. This past November. Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. The, no, the oh, November, oh, the November before. before. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, the November right before COVID hit, I got really fucking sick. And, you know, I had like, I couldn't breathe and I lost my voice for like two months. And <sighs> maybe uh, you already had it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe. But I mean, I went to the doctor and everything and they, they told me they, you know, just severe upper respiratory infection. And I actually went on tour while I was sick. Mm. And I lost my voice like halfway through tour, but just like pushed through it anyway. And I for sure, um, I for sure changed my vocals, you know, uh, for the rest of my life on that tour. Cause I, my voice was gone and I was forcing it. Um, so the, I was worried when I recorded the record, cause I was like, man, these don't sound exactly how I wanted them to sound. Uh, but I ended up really being happy with it and stuff. So I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I think I'll be all right. <laughs> There's so much irony about that because when I saw you guys with Vader, uh, coincidentally on, on that tour that you supposedly, you know, didn't have a, have the voice up to 100% last February, two weeks later, I got sick and the doctor so told me the exact same thing. She put me on yeah. amoxicillin. Like, uh, I was like, I'm like, this is, this is very strong for what I need. Are you sure I need this? She goes, yeah, yeah, it's fine. You'll be fine. Like just kind of playing it off. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, maybe I already had it. I don't know, man. There's just so much information being thrown at us left and right. You don't yeah. know, but I want to talk about the touring life here, you know, for you, Chad, uh, you know, Frozen Soul, you guys formed in 2018, but you personally have been doing this for over a decade. You can trace it back yeah. to 2007 when you were drumming for End Times and you were also with mm-hmm. a band called Vulgar Display. How was the, you know, touring life for you personally? Because you've done some extensive touring throughout your career personally. You've performed with Blood Incantation, Necrot, Plague Ears. <sighs> Vader, who we've all had on this show, you know, obituary, you played at the legendary St. Vitus in Brooklyn, you know, and now we're kind of all just taking like an obscure step back. And does it make you have a growing appreciation of the touring life? Because we're talking about, you know, culture, fans, even the food. There's just so many things to pick apart about what makes touring life amazing. What was your favorite part about it since we're here right now at this time in our life? Um, I mean, I just miss like the freedom. I mean, you know, um, 
it's not always as luxurious as people make it out to be. I mean, well, it's, I won't say it's not always, it's never as luxurious as people (laughs) make it out to be. There's a lot of like struggle, you know, there's a lot of, you know, not being able to have a decent meal, you know, having to be on the go, whether, you know, sacrificing sleep to go explore cities and food and stuff or sleep in, um, sleep in and get something get something to go fast and then get on the road to the next city. Um, you know, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of times where you don't have time off, you know? So it's like just on the move and sitting upright in a car constantly, where's your back out? Um, you know, but with all that said, I would do that every day, the rest of my life, you know, uh, like it's, it's what I love. I crave it. Um, nothing puts me to sleep, like sitting in a car. Like, uh, I mean, you know, just sitting in the passenger side seat, uh, you know, and just falling asleep, like looking at the road and like, you know, looking at the different city skylines and stuff. It's like an amazing feeling that I like crave every day and and can't wait to get back to it. But, you know, it's definitely got its sacrifices and it's definitely not, you know, not easy. I've done some pretty disgusting tours in the past where we're sleeping in people's houses that don't have AC, you know, in like Georgia. And we're from Texas. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like humid and a hundred degrees in their house and somehow they're asleep. And I'm just sitting there like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, (laughs) this is just terrible. Um, You know, frozen soul has been very lucky and, uh, and I've been very fortunate with, uh, with frozen soul. And, uh, you know, we, we haven't, we've only stayed on on our tours. We've only stayed at like one person's house. And that was Brian from Zabalba. Um, he's like a good friend of mine. Great dude, man. I had him on the show Mm -hmm. this past summer. One of the best guests I've ever had. He's such a great dude. We we did their podcast and stuff and and he's just a good dude. And we, we did, I mean, we stayed at his house specifically because like I know them and we're all friends and we wanted to have a good time. But we've, you know, we're, we were lucky enough on tour to like make enough from our merch and stuff to where we were able to stay in hotels every night and, you know, uh, and eat good and stuff like it. Yeah. It's very weird. It's very weird and not what I, not what I was used to, but um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's awesome. And I can't wait to get back to it. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait either. You know, you're getting me jealous now. You, I mean, you and Brian, like when I'm going to tell you the exact same thing I told Brian, Whenever he comes back to Dallas, y'all do a tour. We need to all just grab a beer and just shoot the shit. Yeah. Because I'm surprised. Like I was telling Brian the same thing. I'm surprised we haven't even met yet in person. Now here we are on Zoom. Like I'm an expert on Zoom. Didn't even think I'd be here. At this point, but, <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Same. Coming from a local, you know, I can't wait till we meet in person. Till all this yeah. kind of just blows over. Let's see what happens in the near future. You know, a very popular topic on this show for the last, I guess nine ten months, and you've seen this. A lot of the bands, what they do. On stage, they're taking it to the screen, live streaming. I believe one of the first bands to do it was Code Orange. I think two days after the pandemic was announced last March, they did that show in the empty venue in Pennsylvania, and then they streamed it for the fans. You know, Lamb of God did one. You know, uh, August Burns Red did one uh, last month, I believe, and the month before. And I wanted to ask, you know, all these artists who are doing these live streamings and considering the amount of touring that you've taken in the experiences that you've taken, you know, you talked about just now, especially with Brian and, you know, he talked about his experience. Do you think the quarantined induced live streaming surge we're seeing right now from all these artists 
Chad, in your eyes, do you think it's going to affect the touring musician business going forward? Do you still nah, see? Bands, I, like, I don't think so, still? man. Yeah. You know, like I, bands got to do what they got to do, you yeah. know, but like, honestly, it's not, it. There, I, I don't like it. You know, I, I don't like it at all. Like I, I don't really think like a live stream is like, I like watching shows like live shows on video <laughs> and seeing the reactions from the fans and seeing the musicians and how they're reacting. Like, that's what I love, but seeing like just a live stream of a band just playing their songs, like unless there's some extra stuff with it um, and, you know, and it, and it's elaborate and they give you something to latch onto. It just isn't really something that <clears throat> I'm a huge fan of. Um, I mean, we have a live stream that we did, um, actually with creeping death and devourment. Um, How's that? And it's, uh, it's, 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 I'm, I'm really, really happy with how it came out. Um, it's either going to come out at the end of this month or sometime in February, but it's, uh, it's like an event. It's not, uh, it's not just a show. Um, we filmed it sort of like a, we filmed the sets like their music videos and, uh, and like there's, there's dialogue in between the sets. Um, I mean, the, the most I can really say about it is, is it's, it's, it's funny. Um, and it has a lot to do with, uh, with, with those horror comedy shows like tales from the crypt. It's similar oh, to that. <laughs> and then it's set up sort of like an old school QVC slash cooking show. Um, and the host is actually the killer from the encased and ice music video. So um, we have like a whole thing set up. Wow. We have artwork for it. I got a huge painting done for it. Like it's going to, it's going to be like, we put a lot of time, effort and resources into it to try to make it like funny and special and different. And, you know, not just us playing our instruments in front of a camera on Instagram or something, you know, we really wanted to make it special for what we knew and what we, you know, stay true to like us and how we, you know, how we like to see things. So, um, if it's stuff like that, I like it a lot, but if it's just like regular, I don't think, I don't think it's going to replace live shows ever. I don't think anything like that will replace live shows. No, of course not. I mean, of course I have the liberty to mosh in my own room if I want to. That's, that's why we're here in the <laughs> yeah. corner. But you know, I, yeah. but there's like a bar place. You're like, okay, you've done the live streaming. Now what? But what you're telling me, you guys, there was a lot of interaction considering, you know, what you just described in that, you know, I can't wait to see it. When does this drop? Do you know the exact date? Um, it's, it's, we're still working on the exact okay. date. Um, there's a lot, a lot behind it. It's not just, uh, it's not just something we can put up online. Like right. there's, um, like it's like sponsored by liquid death and, you know, a bunch of stuff. So it's like, you know, it's, it's like something that, that is really special. And so we want to like, make sure we roll it out in like the most special way possible. So we're still working on it, but, um, and all the art and stuff isn't working, isn't fully finished yet. Um, but like, it's, yeah, it's, it's wrapping up here pretty quickly and it's, it's going to be pretty awesome. I'm, I'm pretty stoked to roll it out. I'm really stoked to see what the final product is going to look like. That's good stuff, man, man. You know, I, I don't know if you, you knew about this, but Metallica, did you hear about this? Metallica did this live streaming event towards the end of August and for one weekend, did it for one weekend, it was just in the States and they did, they, they pre-recorded a show and they played it for the fans. Uh, here in Dallas, there was, um, it was near, I want to say, I can't remember the place of the venue. I was there. It was a, at the Coyote Drive-In. And at that drive-in, they, they did the live streaming. Did you, did you hear about this at mm -hmm. all? 
yeah, it was just for one weekend. Luckily, my friend had to take it to the show. But the whole point of me describing this is because it just made me miss the live experience even more. Yeah, it was yeah. really cool to get there and, you know, seeing all these fans almost make it feel like it had that real show, live show feeling. You get there. And what's the most popular term we hear? Like the popular phrase we hear at Metal Show. Let me see those horns, right? And you just see like a sea of horns from the fans, like when you're on stage, right? That's what you, you get that adrenaline yeah. rush. Instead, what do we get? Uh, three days grace open, for example. And they said, uh, let me hear you honk your horns. So if you just roll your window down, you just hear you just hear in the middle of the night, just just cars honking, just in the darkness and in just in silence. It felt very odd, but hey, it was yeah. an experience unlike any other. So that's why, you know, I like your answer. There's no right or, right or wrong answer. A lot of artists would say, yeah, it's a great way for me to engage with the fans with the live streaming. And some artists would say, oh, no, I'm not doing anything until all this is over. So what, what, what you guys are doing, it's a very creative process. And I, and I hear that. And who knows what will happen again going forward. I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but that's, you know, that, that's the, the truth. And, of course, like I just said, it's, there's, like, there's a point where how much more creative can you get before live streaming mm -hmm. comes back? Yeah, and I mean, like, it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, if we had to just keep doing stuff like that, we will you know, yeah. but we'll just keep trying to expand on it because like everything this band does, like we always try to find a new and creative way to do something um, that's not just the exact same. I mean, if you look at the timeline of our band and you look at our art and you look at everything, well, we've still set a lot up that people don't haven't seen yet. But if you look at things you can see a trend like where we we do one thing and we keep our theme and we keep the things that we like, but we we try to outdo everything that we did before and try to expand on it and make it more of an experience and, and better. And you see that with our live show because we added snow machines and, you know, dry ice <laughs> machines and, you know, we added stuff like, you know, which is like, you know, whatever in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, it's something that we like and which is like, how can we make things cooler? Like, how can we literally, no pun intended, but like, how do we make things <laughs> like, gonna go there. <laughs> like, how do we make things like a little bit better than they were before? How do we up our stage game? How do we up like our lyrical content or, you know, how do, how do we make this, this, you know, rec, this next record hit harder, you know, um, but still maintain that old school feeling, you know, like we, we're like cognizant of all that stuff and, you know, we consider all that stuff. So if we got to do more live streams that are just like, fucking movies then let's do it <laughs> you know speaking yeah. yeah speaking of hitting harder i know we covered a lot of things from head to toe let's talk about that debut album man cryptovice drops tomorrow is out on century media records um i think there's a lot of irony in the name frozen soul because you guys are from texas mm -hmm. usually it's known for that yeah. warm weather now when i heard it you know we all know about the panteras and power trips who are from texas it took me back to the sound of and you're wearing the shirt right now bolt thrower mortician obituary it was so crushing it was so in your face i'm surprised to even have a head that's upright that's still talking to you right now from the tile track to hand of vengeance to uh, merciless to twist the knife to the epic grave digger at the end holy shit how much did things change from when you first started composing on this album to where you ended up finishing it did a lot change in between did nothing change in between was there already a specific sound you guys knew you wanted with Cryptovice? Um, I think, uh, honestly, it changed a lot. Um, we wrote some of these songs. I mean, obviously, three of the songs are from the demo. 
um, we re-recorded them because uh, pretty soon after we recorded that demo, we started playing the songs differently. Um, and we, we came, we matured, like we, we, well, I won't say we fully matured, but we, we matured a lot of the things about the songs we didn't like. Um, and that came with like a different drummer and, you know, just us understanding what we're doing better. Um, so we wanted to give those like a, you know, the touch we felt they deserved on the new record. And then we had two other songs that, that I think came next, which were, um, Cryptovice and Arctic Stranglehold. Those were the next two songs that came up, which we wrote, um, we wrote, we wrote, uh, Cryptovice, I think not long after the demo, um, and then Arctic Stranglehold came after that. And then we played both of those songs. Um, well, we played Crypt of Ice on our tour with Play Gears. And then on our tour in January, we played Arctic Stranglehold for the first time. So we had already had those songs. You know, we had had those songs at the beginning, at the end of 2019 and into 2020. Okay. Um, and, and then, and those songs kind of set the bar for the rest of the record. And then from there, um, we got uh, in February, we got Chris uh, in the band. Um, we, uh, we were no longer with our other second guitar player, got Chris from Steel Bearing Hand. And then we just all started having like major band practices instead of just me and Michael um, or me, Michael and Sam. And so I was no longer at that point, like fully writing drums anymore. Like I was still having an edge in it, but like Matt was taking charge and like, you know, we, we had a full thing going. So we were yeah. able to like write Wraith of Death, uh, which is like one of my favorite songs on the record. Arctic Stranglehold is my favorite song on the record, but, but Wraith of Death, I feel like showed what we could do as like a full band with writing hooks and writing things that like really catch the ear yeah. um, and figuring our and showing that our worth and our technicality is in our tempo changes. And like the fact that we could bring our parts to slap you um, and stuff like that. Um, we treat our heavy parts like solos. So like they, they, we want those parts to set up and be and hit like a solo would in like, you know, some kind of like power metal band or something. Um, but like from there we wrote, you know, uh, twist a knife and, you know, faceless enemy, which has like the most complex drum parts in the whole album, um, and grave digger and we, my personal the whole favorite. album. Yeah. It's one of my favorite too, man. And, uh, and like, we, it was, a, it was really fun to write and we, you know, the, the, the writing the demo songs and writing crypt of ice versus writing those last songs it was like a night and day difference because we had a full band to like focus and to lift each other up and to share ideas and you know uh, it was awesome man and uh, it, it was like a night and day difference totally 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 changed you know totally yeah. changed to the end of the record and that's why we got you know started to get cracking on the new record because we're like honestly like we're just stoked that we've kind of got a formula down and you know we know I don't know. We feel like we know what we're doing <laughs> a yeah, little bit better now. Strike so. while the iron's hot, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And let's talk about Daniel Schmuck. Is it Schmuck or Schmook? Uh, Schmuck. Yeah. Schmuck. Okay. What a Schmuck. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> this is produced by and mixed by Daniel Schmuck, who is also your former guitarist. And Daniel, mm -hmm. uh, what a job he's done. Shout out to him. You know, he's known yeah. for his work with also with Creeping Death and Power Trip. But you know, for you, Chad, was there a sense of comfortability for you in the studio, knowing that Daniel was there 
working on this record? Yeah, man. Like Daniel's one of my best friends. He's my brother. He's, he's, he's my family. And, um, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, Daniel, he's an, he's an amazing, amazing producer. He's an amazing, amazing engineer. Um, we did bring Slade Williams. Um, he's the one who produced, um, and recorded in case nice. Mm-hmm. Um, we brought him on too, because we, we wanted to include him on the engineering and whatnot. And, so he helped with that and him and Daniel crushed it. And then when it got to the production, I mean, here's the thing about Daniel. Like uh, I, I can say this like pretty confidently that I think Daniel is one of, if not the best producer in metal. Um, like, I feel like, I feel like he, he has, he has done some amazing things and some of the things he can do and how he does them is so incredible. And he, he needs to like, he needs to get out there more. I hope with our record, we can help him get out there more so people can see just how much of a legend he's going to be one day. Um, he's, he's just a legend. Yeah. And um, you know, uh, like for instance, like um, Arthur Rizik, he's a good friend of mine. Yep. Um, and he, you know, he's the one that ended up taking like production stuff uh, forward with like power trip and like creeping death and stuff. But like Daniel's behind the scenes and all of that, man, like recording things, like editing things, like, you know, reamping things like he, you know, you know, I'm not taking anything from Arthur because Arthur is a fucking genius and he's yeah. an amazing uh, dude. And, and a really good friend. Yeah. And he's worked uh, with Brian on the Sabalba record. So I just wanted to yeah, shout out on that. For sure. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. He's, he's done like a lot of amazing things and everything, but at the same time, like Daniel is ha- put in a lot of work on a lot of that stuff. And uh, especially that creeping death record. Um, Daniel, Daniel, like, you know, he, he put in a ton of work um, on it and, you know, he just, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, he's, he's just an amazing at what he does and he's, he's got, he really does have what it takes to be a legend. And I, I honestly feel like he'll just keep growing and growing and growing. And one day, yeah. um, one day he's gonna, you know, I feel like he's, he's going to be like a go-to guy in, in, in for the genre of music and more too. And, and lots and lots more. Yeah. And then you're going to be like, Hey, remember the crypt of ice record you worked on that? You know, it'll trace back to that. And I can, I can attain to that. I can concur with everything you just said for my listeners, you know, a shout out to Daniel Schmuck. And this podcast is going to be on literally every streaming podcast out there, all major ones. So Daniel's name will be out there. So we're going to make sure we endorse him to the fullest, you know, now I want to talk about something here because, you know, frozen soul, you guys write about like the themes surround, you know, death, ice, darkness, magic, the name Frozen Soul, you know, being that this is the debut release for you guys, to yeah. what level do you like to have a theme for your records, um, Chad, you know, for your music and how important are themes to you? Is that more about helping you write or sound or is that more for the audience? Because a lot of artists, they don't really care about themes. They just do 10 songs in the studio and that's it. But with like Frozen Soul, I feel like you guys had a specific goal in mind as far as that is concerned. Uh, I don't know. Like we didn't really set out to have that kind of goal. I think we just fell into it. Um, Hmm. it's one of those things where it's like, you know, we found the name, um, we dug and dug and dug trying hard to find a name. And then, you know, we ended up, you know, listening to Metallica, (laughs) listening to trapped under ice. And we heard the (laughs) line and, 
we heard frozen soul in there and you know we're like that's our name you know me and mike both love metallica and you know we're like that's our name right there so we just kind of we went from there into like um into you know how do we how do we make this band like how do we bring it together we had some lyrics we had some riffs you know and and you know we had worked previously with some other people um our other friends like our friend kyle from this band the hardcore band judiciary from oh, uh from lubbock he was yeah. in he was he was the original second guitar player for oh uh, for for frozen soul like originally back in 2016 um yeah uh, we started saw, the band with him yeah i saw judi- jud- uh, judiciary with uh i think it was with nails i can't remember mm-hmm. Probably, it, was that, yeah. it was that club dot and that was one of the most violent shows i've <laughs> ever been to yeah. as far as hardcore goes that's a whole different conversation if we were talking yeah. about yeah yeah Go they're ahead. awesome yeah, but, yeah but yeah like we we started writing and like you know and we found the name after like after like towards the end of our yeah. um of him being like with the band but it was me and mike that found it uh and uh and you know we just we went from there and we wrote music and you know we started looking at bands you know bands out there that have lasted and bands that have you know have done amazing things and you know we looked at like you know well how did they get to that point how how did they do what they did and we started looking at like well they gave they they had something fun that was associated with their band something that's relatable and you know people can associate with them and you know and so we just kind of decided to capitalize on the frozen stuff and, you know, the lyrics and with it being death metal, everyone's all about fire. Everyone's all about gore. And, you know, everyone's done that shit a million times. You, you, know? Uh, you know, and, and I, saw, I saw an interview actually today where some guy like mentioned that, uh, that we, you know, it was a good review, but he did mention that like lyrical content was kind of stale and, you know, that, you know, the gore thing has been done. But at the same time, <laughs> where I get where he's coming from. Yeah um like it's like what we really tried to like capitalize on is like is like the depression of life you know and whereas black metal bands and stuff talk about like depression and stuff and you know you see a lot of the cold stuff associated with them like you don't really see that in death metal at all you see fire and gore and where there is gore because we are a death metal band um like it's not the same type of gore and there is a loose story based around this band. And there is like some deeper meaning to some of these songs and stuff like that. And we try to keep it kind of general and, you know, and open so that people can interpret it for what they want. Um, you know, because some of these stories aren't for me to, you know, to, to name, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's like, it, it's, it's really just a theme that we fell into and, like I said before earlier, you know, like we are always looking for ways to like up our game, you know, and, and keep things fresh and, and stuff. So, you know, we, we just, you know, one thing led to another and boom, we got a snow machine. Did you, you know? say, <laughs> did you like, say, did you say you guys are thinking about writing a new record right now at this point? Like, uh, well, we've already started writing the new oh, record. See yeah. everything you're telling me, it tells me that you have a lot of this, these creative ideas that are stored inside. And I feel like I'm already surprised. I'm already ready for the next record. Like just bring it on, you know, now <laughs> having you in crypt of ice coming out tomorrow, do you see crypt of ice, the album itself? Do you see it as a snapshot of where you are at a certain time in your life? Looking back. 
Um, I don't think I've ever really looked at it like that, to be mm. honest with you. I just, I look at it as like a progression of like where we're going. Uh, not as much of like where we were or where we are, because like, I feel like for me, um, how I stay positive is to like, look forward um, and to like live right now. And then to, to think more about like, okay, well, where will, because I've spent a lot of my life not looking at the things that I do now and how they'll affect me in the future. Um, but with this band, like it's really like helped me and the rest of us understand that, like, you have to like set kind of set your cards up, you know, um, you can't just throw the bowling ball down the, down the, you know, (laughs) you could just throw the bowling ball down the alley, or you could at least try to set things up so that like when the ball hits, um, you know, things might fall in the direction that you want. Um, so it's like that. always looking forward. <laughs> it's always looking forward, man. So like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I haven't ever really looked at it. Like, you know, a snapshot of me. Yeah. Past or, you know. Yeah. And that's okay. And that, that's an answer. You know, I like asking that question because it's easy to look back. It's easy to look back at 2020 and say, Oh, this was the pandemic album. You know, it's easy to look back at that, yeah. but, but the way I see it, it could also be an album or, you know, crypt device could be like just a resurgence. Like it's a good way to look forward into the future. I feel like allowed you to tap into that part of chad green that you may have not been able to tap into before and i saw yeah. that you know and you said it yourself sure. i'm gonna quote you on this you said the feeling i'm getting from playing in frozen soul is powerful in a way i wasn't getting from other bands i played in before now whether it's with frozen soul or end times or vulgar display have your aspirations as a person or a band have they changed or evolved since when you first started playing music in the industry do you see things mm. differently now Um, part of me does see things a little differently. Um, you know, um, I guess like when I first like started playing music and started like trying to be a musician, I didn't really think about like labels or any of that stuff. I didn't think about the business. I didn't think about, um, you know, the industry or any of that stuff. I just thought like, I just want to play. I just want to like do something I love. Um, and now things have, I still feel the exact same way, but, um, I see a lot of the industry and I see, you know, I see how the industry is and I see kind of how ruthless it can be. And I see like what it requires from you. And, you know, it's just, it's like, you know, I just see things differently. Um, you know, you get signed to a label and stuff and like, trust me, that's always like, that's turned into a major dream of mine as I've like gotten deeper and deeper into it um but you know i never i never really fully understood like what that would actually take from you um and Mm -hmm. what it would require of you and when i say take from you i just mean it takes a lot of time and effort and brain energy and stuff to like maintain yourself and do the things you need to do to stay relevant and stay like on top of things um And, you know, when you get on a label that like I was told by multiple people, including Riley, you know, of Power Trip, who, you know, unfortunately, like, you know, we lost him. And, you know, he was one of the first people I ever met going to shows. You know, I used to work at Circuit City back in the day, man. And he worked at Best Buy. You know, we just talk about how much we hated our fucking jobs and hardcore and stuff was the only thing that like made us, you know, feel anything, and you know when we signed to century media, you know, he called me and, you know, he told me, you know, he was, you know, really proud of me and stuff, but he told me like, 
he was like, Hey man, like the hard work starts now. You know, man, he's like, I'm getting, now I'm the getting hard work starts. as you're telling me that story. That's like, you know, he, he just, you know, he told me the hard work starts now. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't, you know, he, what he knows what it is, you know, they, you know, power trip has gone through a lot of shit, you know? Um, and, you know, he wasn't like, you know, one of the people that was just like, oh my God, you know, because he knows what the industry does and he knows how it is. And we've been fortunate, like Century Media is awesome. You know, they've treated us really good and they've, they've done a lot for us and they're very receptive to like how we are and what we want. And they don't, try to force anything or anything like that but that's not what i necessarily mean when i talk about the industry i just mean like you know having to to get yourself out there and you know it is it's all it's all relying on you and your band and how much you want to work and how hard you put yourself out there and and how much you put into the things that you do whether it's merch or music or your image or your artwork or every little detail has to be accounted for. And Riley knew that, you know? And so that's why he wanted to tell me, uh, you know, the hard work starts now, you know? So. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, I remember I saw Riley the last time I saw, I think it was the last time they even performed here was last uh, January. They were headlining the uh, evil beat festival and Carcass was there. Deaf heaven was there. Torch was there. And I was, I was on the side stage and Riley flew by me and gave me a fist pump and like it just showed like how much of a positive impact he just brought with the people yeah, that good, surrounded dude. him you know and shout out to him and uh, you know everything you're telling me that you've you've encompassed the experiences you've taken in you could say i don't want to say that there was any pressure on you i feel like there's like a pressure off of you because you got this record out you got the deal everything seems to be lining up so to speak you know you don't, and I know you're you're one of the most humble people I've ever met, and I feel like it's it's a good way to look at it. Like, okay, we got this, this, and this done. Does it feel like that? Like, you feel like there's no pressure at this point? Like, mm, I I feel the complete opposite, man. Yeah, really? I feel even more. I feel even more pressure now, because like, you know, <clears throat> once you finish your record, you know, and I've done, uh, like, uh, so I wrote two, I wrote an EP, which was sort of like an LP for end times. And then we wrote a full, a full LP. Right. Um, that's not out yet. Um, and then we wrote, um, you know, multiple demos and EPs for vulgar display and then wrote an LP for vulgar display and then wrote this demo and then this LP. And, uh, and like, it never stops. Like the pressure never stops because, because like once you set people up to have expectations for you, um, that just never stops and never goes away. Um, and I always feel that pressure, you know, Very true. um, and, you know, I, I actually like thrive on that anxiety and that like, Oh my God, it's coming up. You know, we got to go, we got to go. And then when it happens, I almost feel depressed because it's like, I, I it's out now. So now it's like back to the hard work of grinding again, you know, uh, and stuff. But with this, it's, it's different because from start to riding crypt device to now we have never stopped. Like not once mm. we, we may have taken a month off here and there, uh, but we've been writing or working on stuff um, constantly since, um, since this band's inception. Uh, it has not stopped and I don't ever see it stopping. Like it, it's going to be constant. There's never going to be rest. 
there's never going to be, there's never going to be time for us to stop uh, because we have to keep going and we have to keep doing more and we have to keep having things set up. So like I said, when we fling that ball down the aisle, things fall the way we want them to fall or the way we, we feel that they could fall. Um, and they better our chances because, you know, we got to stay, stay pumping stuff out and stay out there because if, if time tells you anything, you know, the bands that just chill and stop on a record, Mm -hmm. um, you know, most of the time they don't pick it back up. Um, and writing an LP is not easy and writing a second LP is even harder and continuing to write a third LP is even harder. So these bands, these legends that have, you know, 15, 20 albums and stuff like, or even 10 albums, even five albums, like it's, that's crazy amounts of work and effort. And so I see that and I look at all of that stuff and I just stay focused, you know, and try and like stay positive about it. And, you know, I love it. So I think it'll, I think it'll be fine. You know, well, let me ask you the million dollar question to end things off. Is it worth it? What's the most rewarding part <clears throat> about this entire experience? Um, I think just being able to live the way I want to live, you know, I spent a lot of my childhood being told like, you know, the things that I love won't ever amount to anything and that, you know, I should stop playing drums and, <clears throat> you know, being in a band is stupid. You won't ever be able to pay your bills doing that. <laughs> you know, it might be true, you know, but at the end of the day, like <clears throat> I have one life, you know, just one and that I know of, you know, and all I know is living right now and that's it. Right. And I want to live the way I want to live and I want to be happy. And, you know, I want my quality of life to be the best that it can and playing music and expressing myself and being there with my friends and family and, and stuff like it gives me a feeling like no other. And I can't picture my life without it. Don't want to picture my life without it. And And, uh, so it makes it every bit worth it you know, no matter what happens. Exactly. And I I believe that resonates, especially with the time we're on right now, of course, you know, with the pandemic and you can stack on whatever, you know, riots, uh, you know, social injustices, there's so many things on top of that. And it just resonates with everything, what you're saying, do what you want to do. And just, (laughs) you can't be distracted by the noise that'll surround you. At the same time, you, it's good to have that noise because it broadens your perspective. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, I feel like, I don't know if this makes sense. People disagreeing with you kind of makes you see it clearly on your mm-hmm. goals. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So, so that's the way I want to see it. So, man, Chad, uh, this has been such an honor. But, uh, you know, I know we're running out of time here. But I want to talk about the, uh, just real quick, the local music metal scene. We're, <clears> we have to because we're in Dallas, Fort Worth, you know, from Trees to Gas Monkey, which Gas Monkey got shut down. I don't know if you knew that. Um profit bar. no i didn't know that yeah uh i i, think I didn't at, i didn't know first, gas monkey got shut down yeah if it, it was first gas monkey live then gas monkey bar and grill um i think they're just doing a hiatus and they're just gonna come back whenever things do pick up uh yeah yeah when i drive by it's kind of just like a just an empty parking lot obviously we had so many memories there you know house of blues no they were doing like uh i knew they were doing like local shows like seated shows. yeah there. they were yeah it was it was um it was very limited but they were doing that and you know you can talk about yeah. Jexa Jexa Pavilion and what, way back when it was Smirnoff Music Center, you know Club Dada, the Door, Gypsy Tearum, like yeah. we talked about earlier. Do you have a favorite venue you've uh, played in around here? Um, personally, I love Club Dada. 
and I yeah. love Three Links. I think Three Links is probably my favorite club in Deep Ellum. Um, the sound is really good, and it's really like it's really like homey in there. Um, I just I like the environment a lot. I've had a lot and seen. I've had a lot of good shows there and seen a lot of good shows there. It was uh, Frozen Souls' first show there with Blood Incantation and Necrod, and then it was also Vulgar Displays' first show. Holy shit! Uh, before it was Three Links when it was called the Lagrange or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but we played there with this band, this hard, this legendary hardcore band called Marauder. Um, yeah. So okay. like, like we, um, I just I, I like that place a lot. I have a lot of memories there. Um, but also I really liked, um, I really liked, uh, gas monkey. I, I liked the feeling I got on the stage and stuff. It was really cool. Um, but yeah, I'd say club Dada and, and three links are probably my favorite. Um, you yeah, know? I, I think that's where I saw ju- judiciary now that you're bringing that up with nails. Cause mm-hmm. it, it was such a compact spot and, uh, it was just people just flying around on the crowd. I mean, you talk about a hardcore show that is, that's as yeah. hardcore you can get, but yeah, for sure. You know, with the Dallas music scene, you know, and you've seen it throughout your career. How has that scene changed through your experience? Man, it's changed a lot. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was always more a part of the hardcore scene than I was the metal scene. I went to a lot of metal shows. Um, I went to, but I was more a part of the hardcore scene, the same scene Riley and power trip were from and creeping death and, um, you know, like, uh, that's and judiciary. Like we all came from the same scene. Um, and I have seen it change a lot back in like 2004 or something. Um, there were mixed shows where like, you'd see like bands like black Dahlia murder and premonitions of war touring with like terror. And you'd see like through the eyes of the dead touring with Madball and these crazy wow. mixed bills, like sounds of the underground and stuff. Um, Lamb of God would be on that. And then there'd also be like um, Gnostic front or something. Yeah. So if, if I may add to that, I went my, one of my first shows uh, concerts I've ever attended was 2004 freakers ball. And it had a uh, drown, uh, not drown. Yeah. Drowning pool damage plan. So I got to see Dimebag two months before he got shot on stage. Insane. Uh, Diamond yeah. Vinny. And then you had velvet revolver headline. <laughs> just an example like that you know yeah like i never like i never unfortunately i never really got i never really went to shows like that i was always like a little bit more in the underground when i first started going to shows um i didn't get my like very big first concert experience until after that seeing like slayer and stuff uh, which i feel like i feel like it's unfortunate that i didn't get that but it's just how i grew up um and uh and and whatnot but like I don't know. Like I, I grew up with the scenes very separated and like when you would see those mixed bills, there was just constant fights and like stuff like that. And then it it went very separated for a very long time. The hardcore and punk scene had a very thriving, crazy. I mean, like I just can't explain to you what the shows were like um, seeing power trip in a basement. And Man. seeing the just people climbing on top of heads, like I'll never be able to to explain those experiences of, of Tapatio Studios, of seeing like you know, or going to like an Iron Age show and seeing Frank Ocean mosh, like you know, like there's there like there are those experiences I'll never be able to like express the words and what those were, um, and so we had that whole scene going. 
And then meanwhile, there was the whole metal scene that was like completely separated. And then now um, things are starting to like mix again and things are starting to grow. And you're seeing bands like us where we have a hardcore crowd that follows us because I mean, we, you know, a lot of the hardcore bands have shifted towards listening to death metal, listening to, you know, old school metal, like judiciary goes towards like Metallica and that type of stuff mixed with like hardcore. And, uh, and, and it's very easy to transfer those, those bands into different crowds. Uh, they may not always be a fan of the different styles of moshing and stuff, but they're really starting to warm up. I mean, we played a show at central arts in Bedford, which is like a nonprofit art space where they have hardcore and punk shows mm-hmm. and all the, the mosh organization pit bulls and stuff and pit demons and stuff. Now a lot of those guys came out and it was a very mixed crowd. Um, and it's the same when we played with Vader and stuff, like a lot of hardcore kids came out yeah. to the show and, you know, like people are getting along. I've seen a lot of those people that were on different ends of, you know, the field, you know, as enemies, it seemed, you know, getting to know each other and hanging out and stuff. And, so I think uh, I think the scene has definitely grown and it's definitely it's changed a lot over the years. And I think uh, hopefully like when all this stuff blows over and we get some sense of normalcy again, I hope that like it'll make everyone's bond even stronger and then shows can come back just full force and just be like, you know, like it was in the 80s, you know, when yeah. local shows were a thousand people on Friday nights and stuff because rock was the was the music and i still kind of miss know. those though <laughs> i still kind of miss those just just smaller shows just in basements just in yeah trust in, me in i did garage too, you know just something like that mm-hmm. you know and i yeah. sometimes we would still have local shows like that even if it's just like the social distancing and whatnot but yeah that that experience i feel like it's just hard to duplicate because it's more intimate it has a more you it's you have a more personal relationship with the band i feel you get to see what they're yeah. all about you know of course there's for sure under the bright lights there's always what you want to say about touring playing the big stages but uh man chad do you have any like last words is anything you want to mention any shout outs anything you want to just plug in for the fans who are listening about frozen soul going forward um i mean yeah i you know i guess uh as far as shout outs like there's a bunch of bands from our area that they work really hard and they mm-hmm. they you know, this, this pandemic has been super hard for everybody, but you know, there's bands like combat there. Um, our old guitar player, Ray, um, it's his death metal band. They're awesome. And, you know, they, they were really thriving on shows locally and they were doing super good. And then the pandemic hit, there's like Imperial slaughter. They're another one that's really good cognizant, which has one of the best drummers in the world um and we need to bring them know, on to uh iuf they need to be our he's guest. really he's really really like brian's an insane drummer he plays on like plf and whatnot he's super good irving's an incredible guitar player uh and you know there's just there's cleric there's just a ton of bands from our area that are that are doing really good that deserve people's attention um there's a really badass black metal band called Wormchasm. Um, I'm not even a fan of black metal, but they're really, really good. And they're working a lot and hard to try to like perfect what they do. And, um, you know, there's just bands locally that like need everyone's help and, you know, deserve everyone's attention. Yeah. Um, and aside from that, um, 
I guess the most important thing is, is like, just be safe and be happy, be positive and uplifting, uh, be kind to yourself, uh, be kind to the ones that you love and the ones that you don't love, you know, uh, just like this is a time in the world where everything is so uncertainty and there's so much pain and, you know, there's so many people that just don't really know what to do and what to think. And, you know, that at the end of the day, that it's okay to just be getting by and doing what you can right now. And sometimes doing what you can is enough and you don't right. need to worry about anything else. Just be positive and, you know, look towards the future. And, you know, there's a light, you know, there's a light down that tunnel and you just kind of got to kind of got to just keep moving towards it and we'll all get there. But, you know, I don't really think playing shows and all that stuff is really what's important right now. I think everybody needs to like take care of one another and, you know, and be safe and be positive. So I guess that's really, you know, at the end of the day, that's what matters the most. You know, I want everybody to listen to the record and enjoy it. But on top of that, um, you know, us playing live and stuff is just not, it'll happen eventually, but let's just all chill and have fun and, you know, yeah. And be safe. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And what did I say earlier? You know, making the best of a situation is what you got to do. It's, it's mm-hmm. easier said than done. It's a very simple thing, but it's, you can do it, you know, and, and we've yeah. gotten this far, you know, and you just got to keep that going because it really tests your, test your character, test your growth, yeah. I mean, everything in between. Uh, stick around at the interview because yeah. I do want to get a list of those bands you mentioned. I would love to give them coverage, you know, because this cool. will be, like I said, on every major podcast stream out there, they can promote themselves out. I'm here to help you guys. You know, I wouldn't be doing this without the amazing music that you guys put out. So much appreciation, much appreciation back to you. And, you know, everyone who's listening, this is Chad Green from Frozen Soul. You know, Cryptovice drops tomorrow, January 8, 2021 on Central Media Records. If you can buy the record, buy the merch, the bands can't do it without your help. It's uh, I highly stress that because, you know, hopefully they'll be on this on the road as soon as you know, and we can get to seeing, you know, live music. Sooner than later, hopefully. And uh, Chad, you stay safe out there. I mean, you're pretty much we're neighbors, but <laughs> hopefully we can do this again in person, you know, and yeah. we can do another interview with you, Sam, Michael, Matt, or Chris, whoever wants to do it next time. Sure, whenever that'd this, be awesome. Whenever this comes back into in-person version of all this, hopefully, I don't know. I'm, I'm a Zoom expert now. I, mean, I don't know. Let's see how far, how far we can go at Zoom, but it is yeah, what it is. Sure. Chad, thank you again, everyone. This is Chad from Frozen Soul. I'll see you next time, buddy. <laughs> Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade, that's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.com.